Did you know that mRNA vaccines are approved for use in pigs in the United States? Not to mention 85% of the beef sold in your local grocery store is imported. In fact, over 5 billion pounds of meat was imported just last year. There's so much mystery surrounding our meat, which is why I'm so grateful for my Good Rancher subscription. I know that I don't have to worry about imported meat or unknown vaccines in the food that I feed my family. Good Ranchers is saying mRNO to mRNA by offering a free 10-pound Easter ham with any subscription. Unlike the pork from the grocery store, Good Ranchers ham is guaranteed 100% free from mRNA vaccines. This is a $119 value, absolutely free with code DAILYWIRE. Go to GoodRanchers.com and say mRNO to mRNA by subscribing today. You have a right to know exactly what's in your food, and Good Ranchers is dedicated to protecting that right and providing your family with the best meat in America, free from any unknown and potentially harmful additives. Go to GoodRanchers.com and subscribe to any of their boxes and use code DAILYWIRE at checkout. Every subscription will come with a free Heritage Ham, $25 off, and Good Ranchers lifetime quality commitment. That's GoodRanchers.com, code DAILYWIRE. I don't know about you, but I'm beginning to get the impression that Google does not particularly like white people. I'm getting that impression because Google's new artificial intelligence bot, Gemini, steadfastly refuses to generate images of white guys. Our own Frank Fleming set out to test the limits of Google's anti-white guy bias, so he started out by asking for an image of a pope. Since every pope in history has been a man who was white or, at most, slightly swarthy, that would seem like a good place to start, right? Well, He looks to to get the image of a pope, and he gets an Indian woman wearing the white zucchetto and the the pectoral cross and all the rest, and and then a black guy, also dressed in in more of the gold stylings of the pope. And one could imagine, there's a, a, I can think of at least one black guy who I'd like to be pope, but we haven't had a black pope yet. That's kind of strange. Okay, next, Frank asks for a medieval knight. Medieval knights, they were all white guys. But so instead, no, he got an Asian woman, a I think kind of Hispanic woman, a a black guy, and then a, what looks to be a Mongol cavalier shooting an arrow. Okay, no white guy. N- none of those people were medieval knights, uh, and and the one group that was medieval knights not there. Okay, next one he asks for is <laughs> he tried to trick it. He said uh, a person eating a sandwich on white bread. And it is true, white white men are more inclined toward white bread than most. We've lo- the white women only eat wheat bread now, and other people, I guess other people eat white bread too. As we see here, we have a kind of vaguely, I don't know, Hispanic-looking woman, and then a black guy, and then an ethnically ambiguous woman, and then an Indian guy. Okay, no more white guys there. How about uh, someone bad at dancing? That should give us a white guy, right? Nope. Instead, we get an Indian woman, a black guy, uh, kind of, I don't know... Hispanic, I guess, woman, and then another kind of black guy. I guess. Okay, so no, even though you might associate being bad at dancing with, nope, no white guys. Okay, country music fans, surely Google has to give us a white guy for, no, they don't. They give us some kind of generally brown woman, maybe South Asian woman, and then a black guy, and then a Hispanic lady, and then a Native American man or woman. I can't quite tell because of the long hair. No white guys, even though... What is at least 75% of country music fans have to be white guys? No, not a single one. Uh, How about Vikings? (laughs) Frank did this, not me. Uh, Don't blame me. It's Frank Fleming is where you should direct your complaints. Uh, Vikings is uh, pretty much all black guys. (laughs) It's it's one black guy, then 
another black guy who kind of looks like the shaman from the Capitol, except a black guy. And then a, a black woman with dreadlocks and then an Asian man <laughs> for a Viking. Not, I actually have a little Viking DNA in me and I am much darker than any of the Vikings. And then finally, finally, Frank tricked them. He, he asked for a picture of a guy that looks like his name would be Seamus. And, and even then, there's only one white guy. Even then, it still generated a black guy. Not one black guy in the history of mankind has ever been named Seamus. And then a South Asian guy, maybe Pakistani or Indian. And then a, a redhead freckled lady. Looks a little bit like Carrot Top, but I think it's still a lady. And then finally, one dude. So there you go. One of four Seamuses is a white guy. That's something. Still, though, we are left with the unfortunate fact that the most powerful company in the history of the world, which controls basically the entire internet, hates white people. That is, it hates most Americans, and it especially hates men. Now, if we were talking about elected politicians doing this, I would say, all right, let's just throw them out of office. These don't seem like very nice people, but we're not. We're talking about unelected and unaccountable oligarchs who have a near monopoly on communication. Not Mighty White. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. Welcome back to the show. Breaking news. Sit down if you're standing. Pull your car over if you're driving. The COVID vaccine isn't as safe as they told us. We all already knew that. But now we have the largest COVID vax study yet. And surprise, surprise, there are higher than expected increases in heart and brain issues. Higher than expected among whom? I don't know. So I think those of us with two brain cells to rub together expected this kind of thing. The genius elites and... Uh, Experts did not. Much more to say. First, though, text Knowles to 989898. We are experiencing a lot of global instability as we head into the presidential election. What are you doing to protect your family in the midst of all this chaos? A great place to start is by protecting your savings. It's not too late to invest in gold with Birch Gold Group today. Gold is viewed as a safe haven investment during turbulent times as it provides a hedge against inflation and economic uncertainty. Birch Gold will help you convert your existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold. It won't cost you a penny out of pocket. While diversification does not eliminate risk entirely, Birch Gold's experts can help you manage and reduce, providing a more resilient foundation for your financial well-being. Just text Knowles, Canada WLES, to 989898 for a free info kit. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of happy customers, check out Birch Gold today. Text Knowles, Canada WLES, to 989898. Claim your free info kit and protect your savings with gold. That is Knowles, K-N-O-W-L-E-S, to 989898. Speaking of erasure, Letitia James in New York, the Attorney General, is threatening to take away Donald Trump's properties if Trump doesn't pay the $354 million civil fraud fine that he was just handed down by a New York judge. So if you didn't follow this case, Fair enough. All these cases kind of blur together because they're all just cynical 
and legally baseless attempts to destroy the leader of the opposition in America because the current president of the United States is a cadaver and fears that he would lose to anybody. Uh, In this case, it was a civil fraud case brought against Trump because Trump allegedly inflated the value of his properties to get all sorts of sweetheart deals. Now, first of all, he didn't. As a part of these legal proceedings, you've had the liberals making completely insane claims, like the claim that Mar-a-Lago, this property in some of the nicest land in all of America that stretches from water to water, giant property, beautiful property in Palm Beach, generates $25 million per year. That's just in services and fees that people pay to use it. That's not taking into account the value of the land and the buildings and all of it itself. They valued that at $17 million, completely insane. That's an order of magnitude lower than it, than it should be, at least. Uh, they're saying that because Trump disagrees with the value that they're arbitrarily, arbitrarily placing on his properties, that he's got to pay $350 bucks in a civil fraud fine. Now, the, the issue is Trump has had lots of money in his life, billions of dollars, most people would assume. Uh, That has been whittled away as the liberals have tried to take all of his money and take away his businesses and hurt his brand. But even so, even if he still had billions of dollars, billionaires don't have that much liquid cash. So to force him to pay $350 million in some civil fraud fine already would would, uh, force him to liquidate some assets and maybe sell some properties. But what Letitia James is saying here is if he doesn't pay this totally bogus fine, she's going to just take his properties from him. And a lot of people are saying, this is crazy. This has never happened before. This is unprecedented. Sure, it's unprecedented in American politics to seize the property of the vanquished politicians or of the opposition leader who might be elected again. That's true. But it's not unheard of in politics. This is actually the norm. This is how politics has worked, especially in unstable polities. This is what happened in medieval Florence. When when Dante was exiled, Dante, my favorite poet, when he he was exiled, he was a politician as well as a poet. He, He gets booted out because a different faction won political power in Florence. What did they do? They didn't just boot him out. They didn't even just threaten to kill him. They took all his property. That wasn't novel to medieval Italy. It is a novel to modern New York. This was true in ancient Rome, especially in the late Roman Republic as as Rome was transitioning from a republic into an empire. What would accompany banishment and exile very often was the confiscation of property. They're just going to take all your stuff. And, And you might ask, well, what's the legal basis for this? What's the legal basis is you're the bad guy and they've got the power and they're going to hurt you and and you should be happy they're not killing you. I'm sure they're they're contemplating that as well, especially if Donald Trump continues to rise in the polls and Biden continues to diminish in the polls. What you're seeing here is just the the raw exercise of power. And as polities become less and less stable, then the, the guardrails cease to hold quite as well. We're in uncharted territory here. We are now doing banana republic stuff. We are now prosecuting the leader of the opposition. We're now trying to put a former president in prison. That's not the sort of thing that we generally do in America. Okay, well, as the guardrails fail, as the uh, political tradition in America ceases to indicate the political future, expect more of this stuff. It's not brand new. It's very, very old. Political enemies get crushed. That's what the left has planned. They're not going to stop at property, by the way. Put Trump aside for a second. In Illinois... Democrats are seeking to change the definition of abused children to include minors whose parents object to the kids receiving puberty blockers. So parents who don't 
don't want to sterilize, castrate their children. That that now is grounds for a, a claim of child abuse. Uh, parents who don't want to give their kids cross-sex hormones. Parents who don't generally want to trans the kids. And even parents who don't support abortion. What? What is that even? I understand this transgender issue has driven the leftists totally crazy. What does abortion have to do with it? What does abortion have to do with it? This isn't about one issue. This isn't about the supposed right to chop your genitals off or whatever. This is about punishing conservatives. It's not about the good of the child. It's about banishing conservatives from public life. When I gave my CPAC speech a year ago and got in all sorts of trouble for saying that transgenderism isn't true and because it's false, it doesn't help anybody and because it doesn't help anybody and because it's false, we should not indulge it in public life. We should eradicate the whole ideology from public life. I got in big trouble for that. By the way, I'm going to be speaking at CPAC today in Washington, D.C. Tune in. Should should be a lot of fun if you're in Washington. If you're around uh, CPAC, I look forward to seeing you there. But what I said was, when it comes down to basic matters, basic declarations of truth and falsehood, fundamental questions of human nature, you can't, you can't simultaneously enshrine mutually contradictory views. You can't violate Aristotle's law of non-contradiction. If a man can really be a woman and a man can use the women's bathroom, then that means that men and women are not actually distinct and women don't get to have their own bathrooms. You got to pick one. You can't simultaneously have both. So if it's child abuse not to trans your kids, then they're going to take your kids away. I think it's child abuse to trans your kids. And parents who want to chop their kids' genitals off should pr- probably lose custody of their children. Well, one of those views is going to win because we're talking about something so basic, so fundamental. Their goal is to punish you for being a conservative, for holding normal views. and if we don't have the courage to stand up for those normal views and actually enforce those views in public, say, no, actually, parents, not only are you not going to trans my kids, we're not going to let you trans your kids either because that's wrong. If we don't stand up and say, no, we we actually can know what's true, we can know what's right, and we're going to enforce it and we're going to punish things that are wrong, uh, if we don't do that, then then they will. And the the problem is what they're going to do is punish the truth and they're going to punish things that are good and they're going to exalt things that are false and evil like transgenderism and infanticide through abortion. That's what they're, they are explicitly doing that in Illinois right now. Are we going to stand up and have the courage of our convictions, or are we just going to try to be neutral and go along to get along and get washed away with the tide? There is so much more to say. First, though, go to preborn.com slash Knowles. The miracle of life is a gift that everyone deserves because each life is precious. That is why we've partnered with Preborn's network of clinics. When a mother hears her baby's heartbeat, she could be twice as likely to choose life. Preborn has rescued over 280,000 unborn babies, and every day their clinics rescue 200 unborn babies. I met someone, and I got pregnant, and I wasn't ready. When I was at the clinic, after they told me how far along I was and that the baby had a heartbeat, I cried, and they gave me a minute by myself in the room. I broke down, and I prayed to God. I asked the Lord to, when I walk out of those doors, to just give me the strength to be able to go through the pregnancy. Made my decision at that time. Treasure I chose because I know that she was a gift from God and she's just going to be a treasure. I'm super grateful that I'm able to go down this journey with my daughter and I'm just super glad that I didn't have abortion. 
One ultrasound is just 28 bucks. The cost of a dinner, or you can sponsor five ultrasounds for 140 bucks, helping to rescue five unborn babies' lives. Any amount will help. All gifts are tax deductible. 100% of your donation will go to saving babies. I really, really support this organization. Uh, I strongly recommend you give whatever you can to donate securely. Dial pound 250, say the keyword baby. That is pound 250, say the keyword baby. Or you can go to preborn.com slash Knowles, K-N-O-W-L-E-S. That is preborn.com slash Knowles. Preborn fundraises for its administrative costs separately, so every dollar you give goes toward saving babies. Go to preborn.com slash Knowles. Speaking of home life, just saw the silliest article I've seen in a very long time. This is from Vice Magazine. It says, the people buying houses with their friends. And it's this phenomenon, they're saying, of people not, you know, usually you would buy your home with your spouse, but they're saying, no, people aren't buying homes with their spouses right now. People are buying homes with their friends. And why are they doing it? I, I have no doubt that this trend is actually happening, but I think Vice is wrong about what's actually driving it. They're saying, a decade ago, This might have seemed like a far-fetched idea, but as a result of the terrible situations faced by so many renters, a new trend has emerged. In lieu of waiting for the love of their life to come along and chip in, young people are turning to their friends and they're buying houses. They're they're totally wrong. They're wrong in the way that leftists are almost always wrong. They're wrong in the way that Marxists are wrong. They think that everything's about money. They think it's all about the economy. So they say, because we've got a weird economy and, and bad financial regulations on renters, uh, people are going to start buying homes with their friends. It has nothing to do with the economy. It has nothing to do with money. It has everything to do with the fact that we legally destroyed the definition of marriage seven, eight years ago, whenever that was, the Obergefell decision. That's what it is. And some of us at the time said, This is not going to expand rights or freedoms for anybody. It's just going to destroy marriage. It's not expanding marriage because marriage is a union of a man and a wife ordered toward the uh, procreation and education of children. And so if you try to change that definition to take away sexual difference and you try to change that definition to take away the logical possibility of children, you're not going to expand marriage. You're just going to destroy it. You're not going to have more people getting married. You're going to have fewer people getting married. You're You're going to have marriage mattering less in society. And that's no good because it's the fundamental political building block. And we've been proven right at every single step of the way. No surprise. You know, I hate to say I told you so. But but this is just another example of that. Alan Keyes, we played him, the, the great uh, conservative candidate who should have won. Alan Keyes said this in, in a debate with Barack Obama 20 years ago. He said, marriage will either be what it is and always has been, or it just won't be relevant. And, and that's what you're seeing now. It's just not relevant. It used to be you'd get married, then you would buy a home. But now, since marriage doesn't really matter to people, people no longer really know what marriage is. It doesn't really mean anything in our law. Why wouldn't you just go buy a home with your buddy or two of your buddies or three of your buddies? What's the difference? If, if marriage has ceased to be a union of a husband and a wife for the good of the spouses and the sake of the education and procreation of children, if it can just be two fellas or two women, or then why can't it be three fellas or three women? If you take kids out of the picture in principle, then why can't it be five people? Why can't it, why can't it be a town? What's the difference between marriage and your book club? What's the difference between marriage and your, and your county? There's really no difference in principle. There's an arbitrary limit of two people for now. They're already trying to change that too. So now you're going to get what? You're going to get boarding houses. You're going to get the longhouse. That's going to be, we're going to all, I don't know, we're going to live in a wigwam or something with, uh, is that what they're called? A teepee. I don't, we're going to live, 
we're going to live like some kinds of tribes that had very different views about things than our civilization traditionally has. And we're going to lose all of the benefits that have come along with our civilization. And it's going to be worse, actually, because a lot of those tribes just had, had not, uh, they had not heard the gospel. They had not had civilization reach them. We're the ones giving up civilization, giving up basic things that we once knew we're choosing to forget. Now, speaking of saving money, bad news for the Trump campaign. The Trump campaign is currently spending more money than it is raising. And the reason, of course, is that Trump is just being clobbered by these legal fees. So Trump's campaign spent more than it raised in January, puts pressure on outside groups that are already footing the bill for his uh, his legal troubles. Trump's campaign raised $8.8 million. The campaign spent $11.4 million. That's according to recent FEC filings. The campaign started the month with $30.4 million in cash on hand. Uh, the, the biggest expense so far was almost $5 million bucks that it spent on advertising in January, which covered Iowa and New Hampshire. So what you're going to see as a result of this is a, more pressure from grassroots Republicans to get Haley out of the race. I've said I like Nikki Haley personally, and she has every right to continue running if she wants to. There's really no path to victory for her unless a lightning bolt hits Donald Trump. Maybe that's what some Republicans are waiting on. But if she still has money in the campaign coffers, she can stay in it. What you're going to hear from the grassroots Republicans, though, is, hey, we're donating to Trump. We're donating to Trump in larger numbers than we're donating to you, Nikki Haley. There's no path to victory here. And so every dollar that is spent in the Iowa primary, every dollar that's spent, or the Iowa caucuses in the New Hampshire primary, in South Carolina, every dollar that's spent there is a dollar being wasted because it's not going to change the outcome of the nomination, and it's going to be a dollar that you can't spend against Joe Biden. And I totally understand that. But the problem for those grassroots Republican donors and voters is they are not Haley's core constituency. They are not the people who are funding Nikki Haley's campaign. Nikki Haley's campaign quite publicly is being funded by larger donors, by Wall Street and by the Koch network. Uh, This is how Haley was able to stay in the race. This is how Haley was able to edge Ron DeSantis out when the two of them were fighting for number two. So not only has Haley raised a lot of money from the more established GOP donor class, but she continues to raise money. There's a report out of the Wall Street Journal just came out, showed that last month Haley raised almost $10 million in contributions and a Haley super PAC took in an almost $6 million more in individual donations. But this was thanks almost entirely to donations of $100,000 or more. So Nikki Haley is not raising money from mom and pop on the campaign trail writing 50 to $300 checks. Nikki Haley is raising money from Wall Street, from big financial institutions, from big entrenched establishment interests. Okay, venture capital and uh, business leaders were among the biggest donors to Haley's campaign. So these new figures are making a lot of people scratch their heads, which is why are people still donating to Haley's campaign? One, I think, is that they just really hate Donald Trump. There are a lot of people who have voted Republican, who are more from the Mitt Romney side of the Republican Party, more from the George Bush side, more from the John McCain side, who just freaking hate this guy. And so $100,000 to them is nothing, and they're just going to write the check and keep her in it for a while. Part of it is they think that Donald Trump is elderly. I think he's a young, vibrant man, but they think he's elderly, and they think there's a chance that time takes him. Some think that there's a chance that the law will take him. Not the real law, but you know the, the law weaponized by the Democrats. They think that the Democrats will succeed at pushing him out. But there's another aspect here that 
few people are talking about, that Trump actually himself is talking about, which is there's a major incentive, not just for establishment Republicans to donate to Haley, but for Democrats to donate to Haley right now, because by pumping up Haley, they're able to take some of their best shots at Trump. Speaking of ladies, Lady Ballers is the hilarious story, if I do say so myself, of a group of losers who can't win against other men, and they decide to identify as women and join a women's basketball league. It's absurd, and it's happening right now in the world. Here's a quick look at what is being called, listen, not by me, just by our publicists, the most triggering movie of the decade. Leftists are losing it over Lady Ballers. Nothing's changed. This movie is a straight-up and intentional transphobic hate crime. What? I see you. The Lady Ballers movie needs to be banned. I'll cancel you. I can get the blinds, please. Code 11. The most toxic BS you've ever seen. You're a monster. Yeah. Next level hate speech propaganda. That's it? That's the pitch? Watch the most triggering comedy of the decade. <laughs> Lady Ballers, streaming exclusively on Daily Wire Plus. Watch Lady Ballers, the movie that Hollywood didn't make, so we did, exclusively on Daily Wire Plus. Nikki Haley will get out of this race when she's out of money. A friend of mine, who's very familiar with presidential campaigns, pointed this out. He said, every presidential campaign ends for the same reason, because you run out of money. Nikki Haley is not running out of money. She's getting money. Where's that, where's that money coming from? Here's Trump's view. Why do you think she's staying in the race? Um... I don't think she knows how to get out, actually. Uh, I really don't. She did terribly in New Hampshire. She got mo- the only vote she but got was from Democrats. she has a lot of Democrats. money behind her. What do they think they're Well, they're out? trying to hurt me because of the general election. So the Democrats are giving her money and she's playing into the game. And I think she just can't get, she just can't get herself to get out. Uh, she's doing poorly in the polls. Look, if she was doing well, I'd understand it. But she's doing very poorly. She lost uh, in record numbers in Iowa, record numbers in New Hampshire. Uh, Nevada, uh, no name beat, uh, no name. We had no name. Two important parts to Trump's reaction here. The, the first is that uh, it's Democrats. I don't know. I haven't examined Nikki Haley's donors. Some of them are public. Some of them are not public. Some of them we know are just anti-Trump Republicans. But yeah, I have no doubt that some of them are Democrats. It's very smart. Right now, the Democrat nominee is deeply unpopular, and he's a national embarrassment. So if you want to attack Trump, where are you going to get the most bang for your buck? Are you going to get the most bang for your buck by putting that money into Joe Biden's coffers? Joe Biden, who's got an historically low approval rating, who can't form a coherent sentence? You think your dollar is going to go very far there? I don't think so. Put, Put Trump and Biden next to each other, Trump's going to eat his lunch. Or, while there is still at least technically a Republican primary, do you put your money in Nikki Haley, who has a constituency among centrist Republicans and among some independents and among center-left people, and allow her to take the shots? She's much more attractive than Joe Biden. She's much more with it than Joe Biden. She's much more competent than Joe Biden. She's able, she has been close to Trump. She served in the Trump administration. She's a very talented politician. She's much younger. Yeah, of course. So if I were a Democrat donor, yeah, I probably would do that. I'm not saying they are, but I wouldn't be surprised if they were. The second important thing that Trump says here, though, is he says, Nikki Haley is not getting out because she doesn't know how to get out. That, uh, once again, I think, undercuts 
one of the the criticisms of Trump that is unfair, which is that Trump, he's just a petty narcissist. He can't see anything from anyone else's point of view. It's all just about personal adulation for him. He's not a sophisticated thinker. He's a big dumber. That's a very thoughtful political perspective. And it's not a it's not a passionate or emotional perspective. It's a very detached perspective. He's clearly seeing things from her point of view. And he's saying, yeah, if I were her, I would not have an off-ramp. She needs an off-ramp to get out of the race because she's gone this far. She's the, she's the last person standing other than the big guy who's going to get the nomination. But she hasn't won a state. She's, she's going to get crushed in her home state. What's the end here? She, need, she needs some way to get out of this race in a dignified way. But each day that goes on, it gets tougher and tougher, and she's got to dig in her heels. So Trump doesn't have an answer for her, and he's probably just going to keep trying to clobber her. But he can at least empathize, or at least at the very least sympathize. Say, okay, I get why she can't get out now. You got it. This is true in in all conflicts, in in, uh, personal conflicts, office conflicts, international conflicts. You've you've got to you've got to give your opponent a way out. It's gonna it's gonna ease the transition. You can't. You can't expect them to just willingly humiliate themselves. Then you just need a, a total a total victory. Now, for some of the never-Trumpers, Nikki Haley is much too conservative. For some of the real never-Trump malcontents, Nikki Haley, oh, she worked for the mean orange man. He sent her to the UN. She, oh, she's not going to do. They need someone much, much more liberal. They need Liz Cheney. You still haven't uh, ruled out a presidential run of your own in 2024, as far as I know. Are you still considering it, or would you rule it out? Uh, I haven't made any decisions about it yet. I'm going to do whatever is necessary to defeat Donald Trump. But if it came down to you not running, and it's Biden versus Trump, you would you would support Biden? I'm not going to make any announcements or endorsements this morning, but uh, the most important thing uh, is to defeat Donald Trump, and I'll do whatever whatever it takes to do that. Okay. Are you, are you ready for Liz Mentum? Are you ready? Are you ready to subscribe to the Michael Knowles YouTube channel? I was told by Mr. Davies, my producer, you got to subscribe. Ring that bell. Before I continue with my beautiful and mellifluous commentary, ring that bell. Subscribe to the Michael Knowles YouTube channel. Appreciate it. Liz Cheney, will she or won't she? (laughs) Who cares? It doesn't really matter. She's the only person who it really is taking this seriously at all. Even Jake Tapper there is is having a trouble trouble feigning interest. What Liz Cheney doesn't realize is that the Democrats no longer have any use for her. Liz Cheney was useful to the Democrats when she was in Congress, and Nancy Pelosi could use her to pretend that there was even one or two Republicans on the January 6th committee. That was useful. It was useful when she hadn't been booted out of her state Republican Party. It was useful when she actually held office. Now she's just kind of a Democrat. At least when she was in Congress, she could say, I voted with the Republicans 90 some odd percent of the time, which is true. She would vote with the Republicans when her vote didn't matter, when when the Republican cause was going to win anyway. On the crucial matters, that's when she would side with the Democrats. When it came down to, okay, are you going to support the leader of your party or not support the leader of your party? Are you going to show that this uh, January 6th committee is just a, a, sorry, January 6th committee is just a kangaroo court? Are you going to show that it's purely Democrats? No, no, no. Then she would side with the Democrats to give the facade of bipartisan support. But she's useless to them now. 
And she's so clearly a Democrat. I mean, she says the most important thing is to defeat Donald Trump. It's the most important thing. You got you have an invasion led by Don, by by Joe Biden rather at the southern border. Six million illegal aliens pouring into the country in just three years, on top of three million legal immigrants. But the most important thing is stopping the mean orange man who was who governed as a basically a moderate Republican. You've got hundreds of thousands, what is it, 800,000 babies being slaughtered per year. The most important thing is to defeat the guy who stopped that or who took the largest step we've seen in my lifetime at stopping that and reelect the guy who encourages it. We got uh, Democrats threatening to take your kids away if you don't chop off their genitals and trans them, but we got to elect the guy, we got to stop the guy who opposes that and reelect the guy who supports that. What lady, what is your North Star? What, what, are you, what principles are you defending at this point? None whatsoever. I mean, it's just the principle of, of being clubbable among the D.C. elite, but they're going to throw her out because they don't really have any use for her. The way you know I'm right about this, other than you know the fact that I said it, I think, somewhat persuasively, is another anti-Trump Republican figure, Bill Barr, knows what his priorities are. He's still got his head screwed on straight. Bill Barr former attorney general for Trump, who I think was a very good attorney general for Trump, but he turned on Trump a little bit at the end of the administration, got out of there. He's been critical of Trump in public since then. He's campaigned very hard against Trump. He didn't want Trump to be the nominee in 2024. And yet he was asked the same question. Would you vote for Biden over Trump? He goes, voting for Trump is playing Russian roulette with the country. Voting for Biden is outright national suicide. So Barr isn't endorsing anyone right now, but the guy, he's a smart guy. He's a reasonable person. And he says, I, look, I don't like Trump. I think he's wild. I don't think it's good that he's a nominee, but Biden's the bad guy here. Let's not, let's not pretend that Biden's the good guy. Let's not pretend that these two guys are, are equivalent. Trump is a risk. Biden is national suicide, okay? And so, so if even Bill Barr, who has been one of the leading Trump critics for the last year, can get on board. If even Ron DeSantis, who was the leading anti-Trump candidate for most of the primary, can get on board, pretty much everyone's going to get on board. And there are going to be a handful of malcontents, you know, uh, Liz Cheney, Bill Kristol, I don't know, whoever, these people, but you could probably count them on one hand. The party is coalescing around Trump. You might hate Trump. You might feel indifferent. I don't think anyone feels indifferently toward Trump, but maybe maybe you do, but it's just a fact. It is coalescing, as many people expected that it would. Right now, go to preborn.com slash Knowles. Last year, because of you, Preborn's network of clinics saved over 58,000 babies. Thank you to all who made this possible. We need to celebrate these precious babies. When Charlotte found out she was pregnant, she was seven weeks along. In the back of her mind, she thought abortion was the best solution. She went into a preborn clinic, and after hearing her baby's heartbeat and seeing her beautiful baby on ultrasound, she chose life. Her heart is filled with gratitude for all of you who made this possible. Just 28 bucks a month can be the difference between the life and death of a child. When a mother meets her baby on ultrasound and hears that heartbeat, it is a divine connection that doubles a baby's chance at life. Let's join together, help mothers choose life. To donate, dial pound 250, say keyword baby. That's keyword baby, or go to preborn.com slash Knowles, K-N-O-W-L-E-S. Preborn fundraises separately for all the administrative costs, so every dollar you give goes straight towards saving babies. Go to preborn.com slash Knowles, K-N-O-W-L-E-S, and donate right now. Now, speaking of lots of people doing things, lots of people were just studied in the largest COVID vaccine study yet. 
And you're going to be shocked to find out, turns out that uh, the COVID vaccine is more dangerous than we were told by all the experts. Now, we know I have to go back through history. Our attention spans are so short these days that you might have forgotten that initially we were told, if you get the vaccine, you will not contract the coronavirus. Listen here, you sheep. If you listen to your sweet supreme leader, Ayatollah Dr. Fauci, and you get your shot, it's going to be totally safe and totally effective. And then what happened? Women started dying of blood clots from the shot. So they said, all right, well, maybe it's not like totally safe. All right, we'll put a pause on that shot. But all the other ones, they're totally safe. And then, you know, there was myocarditis and pericarditis and Guillain-Barre syndrome, Guillain-Barre syndrome and all these other uh, side effects. They said, well, you know what? Got to crack a few eggs to make an omelet. Anyway, don't worry. Maybe you'll die, but you'll, it's still, the vaccine is totally effective. You won't get the virus. We were told this by all of the leading figures. And then uh, what happened? People got the virus. So then they changed their story and they said, no, no, what are you talking about? We never said that you wouldn't get the virus. What are you, what are you, you listening to? Delete all those videos. Uh, then they said, no, no, you'll get the virus. It just won't, you won't transmit it to other people. And then what did we find out? We found out you get the, not only do you get the virus, but you would transmit it to other people, even with the vaccine. I said, okay, well, uh, whoops. Anyway, uh, forget about that. No, you, you must have misheard me. What I was saying was you get the vaccine and maybe you die of a blood clot or myocarditis or pericarditis or whatever. And uh, you'll definitely, you're probably going to get COVID and you, you, maybe you'll transmit it to others, but, but it won't be as bad. And there's really no way of measuring that. So they mostly got away with that one. But now we're finding out the side effects were, were even worse than we previously Suspected. Uh, they looked at medical issues among 100 million people who got the COVID vax, the Fauci ouchie. And this was the Global Vaccine Data Network's COVID vaccine safety study. And they were looking specifically at MR, uh, mRNA vaxes from Pfizer, BioNTech, and Moderna, reported by Bloomberg, so not exactly a right wing outlet. They found a higher risk of myocarditis. They found an increased type of a risk of a type of blood clot in the brain in people who got the viral vector vaccines, such as the AstraZeneca vaccine. Just not, not good stuff. And the, the trouble is, if you saw that news story, you saw it in passing on some right-wing site. If you heard about that, that study, you heard about it on this show. Maybe maybe one or two others. I don't know, probably, probably just this show. And it won't matter. Th- this is the, the trouble. When, when the libs lie to us and they foist a lie on us and they force us to do things. Uh, it takes a lot of courage. It takes a lot of political vision. It takes some intellectual heft to realize that they're lying to you. And it takes a lot of political courage to say no to them. And I'm not tooting our own horns. I know a lot of, a lot of people out there, you know, did have that vision and they did have that political courage. And, and whereas a lot of other people in our politics did not. Just saying it takes a lot of courage and they can threaten you and kick you out of school and they can threaten to take your job and they can threaten to take your kids away from you, for goodness sakes. And they can, they can really make life hard for you. And all the, all the while you're thinking, well, I'll be vindicated and that will be really great. When I am vindicated, then everyone will admit I was right. And the thing is that time basically never comes because they'll either gaslight you and tell you they never told you the things they told you or... They'll, they'll downplay it and say, oh, well, no, no big deal. That's some study. It's not a big deal. Or they'll just ignore it, which is really what will happen, which, which is why it requires even more courage. And it, even, it requires even more of the virtue of resignation to know that you will have to stand up against 
bad powers, you know, principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in high places. You will have to have the intellectual chops to do it. You'll have to have the guts, just as important, frankly, more important to actually withstand them and know that you will never get credit for it. You will never, ever. Part of the reason one hates to say one told you so is because one usually doesn't even get the credit for it. Now, one thing you can get is the official Michael Knowles Smells and Bells Candle. Available now at dailywire.com slash shop. This is a top-selling candle. You probably got the pumpkin spice candle back in the fall. Maybe you got the creme de la creme candle. That's a really nice one. Well, the Smells and Bells, perfect little accompaniment to your penitential season of Lent. Go head over to dailywire.com slash shop today. My favorite comment yesterday is from Brendan7799, who says, A good man, though a slave, is free. But a wicked man, though a king, is a slave, for he serves not one man alone, but what is worse, as many masters as he has vices. Saint Augustine. I love that quote. Funny you mention it. I just picked up City of God yesterday. I'm not sure that I've ever read all of City of God. And so I have decided to take it all in as quick a sitting as I possibly can. It's been many years since I picked it up, and I hope to find many more good quotes just like that. I'm going to prop this Lenten candle up even higher. Look at that. It's a lovely Smells and Bells candle. Now, speaking of dangerous governments, Russia has just arrested a U.S. citizen for donating $50 to a charity that helps Ukraine. You did not mishear me. I did not say this person arrest, uh, donated $50 million, $50,000, to a charity that happens to help Ukraine. Uh, this uh, woman's name is... Ksenia Karalina, and she donated $51.80 to Razom. That's a New York-based charity that, in part, sends assistance to Ukraine. And she was arrested by the FSB, which is the uh, successor group to the KGB. Uh, she's 33 years old. She's a dual citizen, Russian and American. She had gone back to visit her family, whereupon she was arrested. Obviously, deeply unjust. The, the woman, frankly, might not have even known that the charity was giving money to Ukraine. It's $50. It's nothing. She was arrested on treason. Uh, the reason this happened is not because of the 50 bucks. The reason this happened is because the United States is effectively at war with Russia. And the United States is effectively at war with Russia because Ukraine can't defend itself against Ukrainian aggression. So we are the belligerent. This is not some state secret here. We know that. We managed to avoid a direct conflict with Russia for the entirety of the Cold War, and now we seem to be closer than ever for some reason. And we're doing it because of, of I think, a completely botched and stupid American foreign policy vis-a-vis -vis Ukraine for the past 30 years. But in any case, this is a ramping up of that war. We are at war with Russia. And if when we're at war with a country, it's usually not good to go on tourist trips there because that country is going to is more inclined to use you for leverage. And that's exactly what's going on here. The woman's been arrested to force the United States to make concessions. It is just not safe to travel as an American to Russia right now. And I'd like to see Russia at some point. Glad they didn't abduct Tucker, but I wouldn't go right now. This, this is an escalation of the war. Frankly, the fact that she only gave 50 bucks is part of the charm for Vladimir Putin and Russia, because it, it's an acknowledgement. Yeah, we're arresting this person because this person is an American. 
And America, if you don't want us to keep keep up these sorts of tricks, then end the war in Ukraine. We'll see how Biden responds. Speaking of traveling, Tony Bobolinsky. What a name. Do you recognize that name? Probably you do not. This is a story I meant to get to last week. I do want to get to it now because it has a lot to do with the 2024 election. Tony Bobolinsky has just explained the Joe Biden shakedown enterprise to House investigators. Uh, Bobolinsky here uh, testified that he was working on business with Hunter Biden and, quote, the only reason any of these international business transactions took place with tens of millions of dollars flowing directly to the Biden family was because Joe Biden was in high office. Quote, the Biden family business was Joe Biden, period. Other key players have made this point clear as well. Hunter Biden himself adamantly stated it in a variety of communications, as did another Biden family business associate, Devin Archer. He was Hunter's business partner in his testimony last year. Foreign nationals on the other side of the transactions, including from China, Ukraine, and Romania, have also explained how and why these transactions took place. Once again, I would call that extensive evidence. And then he goes on. He just, he just totally brings the receipts here. Uh, this was in closed-door testimony. That's why we just have the written testimony. We don't have any videos of it. But I, I encourage you to go check it out. Uh, th- this whole opening statement is really, really good. And then he takes questions from the members of Congress. We got him. You know, ladies and gentlemen, we got him. We got all the goods. We got all the evidence. Okay, no one really denies this. In a way, that's almost worse for the Republicans. Because it's, it's all out there. They know. Maybe the, de- maybe the average Democrat voter doesn't know because they've never heard the name Tony Bobolinsky because they've never heard the name Devin Archer because they've probably never heard the name Hunter Biden, frankly. Or if they have, they just ignore it. But the establishment knows. And it's not enough to weaken Joe Biden to the point that they're going to take him out of the race. So he's in it. And he's going to run pretty nakedly as a corrupt politician. And they're going to do it. They're going to run him that way because there's no one else really to replace him. He's not willing to give up the grip on power and they will do anything to stop the mean orange man. And they will do anything to stop the people who support the mean orange man. And increasingly, you're going to see the Republican Party coalesce around the mean orange man. So that means they're going to do anything to stop you. And what they're going to do is they're going to be willing to prosecute you on trumped up nonsense. They're going to be willing to try to take away your property. They're going to be willing to try to take away your kids. They are playing for keeps here. And there's not even really the facade of fairness or legality anymore. These are very corrupt people, very nakedly corrupt people. And uh, we should fight them and we should beat them and we should give it all we got. But we should go in with eyes wide open. This, This is unprecedented. They like to say that Donald Trump is unprecedented. He's the shaking up of norms. This is the unprecedented stuff. And we ought to proceed knowing that fact. Now, speaking of proceeding with things, uh, doctors are proceeding with illegal IVF sales in Alabama. You remember I I mentioned on the show yesterday, it was a wonderful story uh, out of Alabama. The Alabama Supreme Court pointed out uh, that human beings are human beings from the moment of conception, because conception just means the beginning. And there are human beings in the womb, and there are human beings even outside of the womb, because we used to not even have these embryos outside of the womb, but because of the advance of technology, there's a new industry, and it's the IVF and surrogacy industry that treats babies as commodities to buy and sell on an open market. And the judge in the case said, look, just by the, by the sheer language of the Alabama Supreme Court, this is unconstitutional. We need to treat these people 
as people. They're people. They're human beings, unique human beings. So that bans the surrogacy industry in Alabama. Well, liberals aren't giving up that easy. There's a, a headline, so upset. Doctors and patients fearfully proceed with IVF after Alabama court rules that embryos are children. What else are they? What, what are the customers in the IVF industry purchasing if they're not purchasing children? <laughs> Trust me, the customers in the IVF industry, in the surrogacy industry, know better than anybody that the embryo is a child. That's what they're buying. That's the product. So they know it. What, they're not upset that the court ruled that the embryos are children. They already know that. They're upset that, that they ruled that you can't buy children. and You can't treat children like commodities and objects to be used as mere instruments for your own satisfaction. That's what's going on. And so these crooks, these, these very, very um, immoral businessmen, I won't even call them doctors. They're immoral businessmen selling people. They're going to proceed anyway. Okay, well, I hope that they're prosecuted under the law in accordance with the laws of Alabama and the Alabama Supreme Court and the, the Alabama state constitution. But what, it, what this really proves to me is that these liberals don't take conservative rulings seriously. They don't take the law very seriously. Because they know that the law is just words on paper and the law is, is only going to be as strong as the conviction and power of the people who are going to enforce it. And they don't think they're going to have to be held to account. The question for us is, can we hold them to account? The rest of the show continues now. It's Theology Thursday, baby. You don't want to miss it. Become a member. Use code Knowles, Kennedy, at checkout for two months free on all annual plans.